Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Alex. We come to you this week with a topic that we picked a few days ago. We thought we would explore this together, um, as we usually do when we're going to talk through a topic. It's related somehow to something that we're dealing with in our lives, and we we choose the topic. We pick a couple of songs, but then we come to chat uh, together, and including you in the conversation as we feel our way around that topic to see what is it that we're learning about it? What is it that we already learned about it that we're trying to apply? What is it that we've learned and we discovered we want to stay away from? Uh, And all those kinds of things. And so we're going to wander down the rabbit hole today. Uh, The inspiration for today's episode is from Monty Python's famous line, and now for something completely different. (laughs) Which, whenever I think of that line, it just makes me laugh. Monty Python is always good for some good stress relief. So, Luca, when I say that to you, and now for something completely different, what does that bring up for you? Uh, well, it, it, immediately, it it reminded me of Alice in Wonderland when she falls down the rabbit hole. <laughs> and everything starts going completely weird. Yeah. Um, before she even eats the mushrooms, that it's like the whole thing's gone completely weird, and she t- tumbles like head over heels all the way down this hole, and then and then meets all of these um, people, animals, whatever, in an altered right. state. Um, and I think sometimes we're we deal with things better in an altered state than when we're in our quote unquote usual state, because usual state sometimes is. Um, preset beliefs that we haven't examined for a while. It's the old values. It's sometimes being stuck in a rut that we don't know how to get out of. Um, and the rut isn't just how we're doing things, but how we see things as well. Right. So it's harder to see new possibilities if we're stuck in the rut of the old thinking and the old beliefs. And yeah, right. so that's what it kind of means to me. It's like, right. well, let's, let's uh, turn everything upside down, let's which can sometimes be a bit disconcerting. It can be really disconcerting. And so I don't know about you, but in my life, it's happened both ways where sometimes it's just happened to me where it was like somebody picked me up by the back of my pants and turned me upside down and shook me around and then set me down, except for I discovered that now I'm standing on completely different ground and everything looks different. And now what do I do? Where am I? Who am I in this place? A bit like the Alice in Wonderland thing. And so I, you know, I, can't, I don't necessarily know when that's coming, um, but it's facil- whenever that's happened, it's facilitated tremendous growth. Often is quite painful too, because it's so unexpected and disorienting and can be very difficult to navigate in terms of anxiety and um, understanding the new, the new territory. Uh, but sometimes I've chosen it. Sometimes I've felt stuck and unsure how to get anything unstuck. And there's been more than one time that I've pretty much declared 
you know, stuck my broom handle in the air and said, and now for some, everything changes, just change all of the things, just to try desperately to, to, to see what else is possible, because right now it's not looking like anything's really possible. And yeah, so like a physical move, a job change, a relationship change, changed my kids out with new ones. No, I'm just kidding. That one didn't happen. Um, <laughs> they might have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the idea there of just the main, you could say, building blocks of your life, just sometimes even walk, going away for a trip to somewhere that you don't know, going maybe on your own instead of going with your loved one or, or friends or family, just so that you can be alone with yourself in a brand new space. These have all been things I've tried. Um, how, how has it shown up for you? Like, do you want to, do you have any examples you want to throw out of? Well, even do it. Well, we can even do it with an idea. Like we can take, we can take something and just turn it on its head, literally turn it on its head yeah. and backwards it. If you right. could use that as a verb yeah. and say, okay, if, if there's, and, and it can be as simple as if this thing that feels tragically wrong is actually perfectly right, how might it be right? Right. Um, and I do that a lot with clients when, when they're lamenting that something is a disaster and they're beating themselves up, then I shake them out of it and say, okay, let's assume that your wisdom is in place here. And that actually, you know exactly what you're doing and what's happening right now is perfect. How is it perfect? Yeah. So I'm in a bit of a change all of the things. Not, not that, but a, um, <clears throat> and now for something completely different has shown up. So this was not yeah. a self-declared one, but it showed up. Yeah. And that resonates with me very deeply. And that's one of those amazing coaching questions, right? Do you want, can you say the question? Yeah. So what, what if this, this thing that looks tragically wrong is actually perfectly right. Is actually perfectly right. How might that be? Yeah. Yeah. How might it look then? Yeah. What can we observe about it then? Yeah. It makes me think of, um, we have, we have a friend, we have somebody who came on the radio show, uh, Maxine, Maxine mm -hmm. Wolfman, who has been doing beautiful um, art experimentations and sharing them on social media lately. Beautiful amazing. pieces. Yeah. And um, it makes me think of that style of art where is there an up or a down or a sideways? Like we may have something some way and then, you know, someone may come along and accidentally put it upside down. Maybe we discover we like it better or we suddenly see something entirely different. I think this is why it's so important for us to constantly be curious and it may be expanding our friend circle, even if we're not necessarily trying, you know, trying to make very good, deep heart friendships with lots of new people, just having curious conversations with people out in the world is like a doorway to, to having someone tell a story that as they tell a story, you suddenly see something reflected in your life, but inside out or upside down and you learn something new about yourself or. I'm a firm believer in eavesdropping. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I always feel like I should apologize for saying that, but I figure that if people have conversations in cafes, they should expect to be overheard. Yes, and, this is true. Not necessarily because you're being you're invading their privacy or you're making any judgments about them or who they are, but because um, <laughs> things that serendipitous 
actually drop into your life through the conversation that's going on at the table right next to you are, are things that um, I think are tailor-made for you and has nothing to do with who's saying it, right? I, I remember the thing that I overheard way more than I would remember who said it because I don't know them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's over here or on the bus or, or, you know, any, anywhere else it's yeah. standing in a, in a lineup somewhere. I did that once I was standing outside a, des- a 24 hour dessert store in Toronto and this woman had this amazing hat on and she looked really good in it. <laughs> and I was standing outside the window waiting to get in because there were lineups that went around the corner and down the block. And I said to my friend, wow, look at that woman's hat. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't she look fabulous in it? And she heard me. And she whipped around and looked at me and her face went bright red. But you could, it was one of those bright reds that you knew she felt fantastic. Right. Because she obviously liked her hat. Yeah. Um, But that somebody would notice it and say something not for effect because I didn't know she could hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's kind that, of so that, I mean, that's a little thing. But, I, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe she really, really needed that stroke to her ego in that moment. And I just happened to like her hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's we have a We have a natural pause here. So it's, it's like a, oh, okay, so what does this mean now? I like it when we when we come up with questions to yeah. to share with all of you who are listening out there. Yeah. So that you can ask those questions of yourself while you're driving home Absolutely. or um, while you're making your dinner or or doing whatever it is you're doing when you listen to us on the radio. So the question that's coming to my mind right now is okay so let's imagine a scenario where we've just had either uh, a brand new perspective come to us it's kind of knocked us on our on our bum because it was so surprisingly different showed so much different about what was going on in our lives or perceptions of self or whatever or something external to us has kind of come and dumped us sideways um, or you chose to change the things and go for something completely different how do you reorient as soon as you discover you've been dumped, what do you look at first? I'm thinking, as I ask this question of you, I'm of course thinking of this myself. Like what's the first thing I check on? Or where do I look? Sometimes I have to lick my wound first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I have to have a little pity party to get it out of my system because otherwise it's lurking. So I, I have a good old cry or a moan or a foot stomp or a, you know, beat pillows up or whatever. And then, and then I sit down and say, okay, what's, what's, first of all, I have to center myself, right? Like who, who am I? What do I know for sure? What, I, even though everything's changing around me, what do I know for sure about me that doesn't change? That, that is maybe essential to me. Uh, because that's my grounded, rooted spot. And from there, I can, I can move out. I think I start by figuring out how to make a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, tea fixes everything. A cup of tea. I come from a, a good old English tradition of a cup of tea fixes everything. And if you're in shock, 
Yeah. Put lots of sugar in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it would be the honey. But yeah, there's something incredibly yeah. grounding uh, about a, an external, simple routine like that. It's a ritual. It's a ritual. A ritual. And almost anywhere I've been, anywhere I've gone, even no matter how much things have gone sideways, I can usually, especially, I mean, assuming that I'm home, if mm -hmm. I'm out, then, then I want it. If, if I'm out in public, I'm somewhere that's not home, then I'm generally going to be like, get home. Because mm -hmm. whatever, or home or to another safe feeling space so that processing can begin to happen. Yeah. I've heard so many people say that they need to, they either need to move they need to be moving. They need to be right. walking. They need to be moving that um, fight or flight energy somehow. Mm -hmm. um, and um, that they, a lot of people need to go into nature. They have to go hug a tree or stand with their feet, bare feet in the grass or go out into the woods or walk by the ocean or the elements. They need to be in the elements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that if I'm actively doing processing where there's a, a snarled up bunch of thoughts and emotions and they're all tangled and I don't really know where one begins and the next one ends or what it all means, then yes, that's, I have to be in motion. That's when I'll usually take myself out to what I call my sacred spot, which is just a, a location on a, on a public park hike that really calls to me. And so I can sit there for hours with my journal. Sometimes I'll be writing. Sometimes I'll just be listening to some music or just the sounds of the waves or the seals and the eagles as they, they talk to me. And that's where things start to, because nothing, it's just me. Nothing else is going on. Me and my sacred spot rooted in this earth spot that for some reason has a special power for me. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that finds that space that way but uh it's like pulling you, you know those dudes who would the magicians who pull the ribbon out of their sleeves and it just keeps coming or out of their mouth or their ear or wherever they're pulling it from i feel like that's what happens to me when i'm in that spot okay there's this so up there's this one but it's all attached and slowly unwinding it so i can kind of lay it out all around me whether it be on the paper or to in prayer upwards and from there it's like i can have a complete picture of what's going on inside of me so that I can then reference uh, my relationship to maybe the moving components outside of me. Because only then can I really start figuring out a strategy. And oftentimes, I don't know about you, but so many times it seems that when everything changes, I can't usually see very far ahead in terms of, well, what am I going to do next? Like maybe it's usually like a, like a, it's like a really dim flashlight that's only going to show me my next footfall. That's it. Mm -hmm. I can't see beyond that, but you can see where the next footfall will be. I call it the next lily pad to stand on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must be a very little tiny frog to stand on the lily pad. <laughs> I've seen no, some videos. About of what were those lotus... But yeah, like the lotus leaves, right? They're yeah. big. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. so they're so pretty. Um, yeah, exactly. So the next place to put a foot, <laughs> the next one move. And sometimes it's a matter of logic where it's not like we want to move into that space because we can see where it's taking us to. It can just be a matter of well, we know we need to do something. 
and logically uh, this is going to have to happen, so I might as well do this one thing now. And it can seem kind of irrelevant. I'm thinking, well, irrelevant or um, ineffective. I'm thinking of a time when, when all of the ch- things got changed outside of me and I was needing to have a new home, but I didn't have it yet. I just knew I had to be out of where I was. And the stress was tremendous. The, the anxiety over not knowing um, and not being able to control that. You can't, just because you need to know doesn't mean you can make it so that you can know. Ah, oh, I really wish I, that is one thing I would really love to be able to change where it's like, I can't handle this. I need more information. Where's my more information button? But there isn't any sometime. And it's like this tolerance of uncertainty that we ha- are constantly expanding our growing edge on. It's like patience. Our patience only grows when you're in situations where you feel impatient. You do not grow your patience otherwise. And our tolerance for uncertainty only increases as we encounter situations that are uncertain. And we don't like to encounter, encounter them but they are unfortunately a fact of life. Yeah, I was thinking about um, about the idea of when you don't have the answers and you don't have the magic button for knowing what's next. That there's a there's an element of surrender to it, mm-hmm. of of acknowledging before you can even step into your own power, there's an an element of acknowledging the powerlessness of, of the situation. It's the, I give up. Um, I need help. Um, and the help can come from ourselves and it doesn't have to come from outside, but there's that acknowledgement of, I don't know. I, um, and at the same time, I often find there's this paradoxical thing that happens between the, I don't know, but what do I know? Um, like, what do I, because, and you've said this to me, your, your, your official job is to ask me what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, because I go back to knowing that inner knowing what, what do I know? Absolutely. For sure. Not, not focusing on the things I don't know, but what do I know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which are often the fundamental truths about myself or my essence or the um what i call going to the mountaintop where do we don't what do we know from the mountaintop from being able to go back to the big picture and look down on it and say well am i am i safe in my life overall right Right. Um, i may not feel safe in this situation but am i overall safe right yeah so when we get lost in the details to move to the big picture and when we get when we're in too much in the big picture, sometimes we have to get down into the details of where am I going to put my next step? Um, but it's, it often depends on where we got stuck. Did we get stuck in the details or did we get stuck um, in that place where we're not moving anything? Right. We're, we're, we're sold on the big picture, but we have no idea how to move farther into it. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. you can only take the next step, whatever that, whatever is obviously the next step, even if it's teeny tiny, like make a cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. I have control yeah. over making a cup of tea. Yeah. Right. In this, in this moment of making a cup of tea, I remember I am still in my body. I remember yeah. I'm still in a safe space. Right. I am present in this moment 
which that, that's a pretty key thing. Now that that just popped right up, like that's I'm here. Really I'm here. I'm here. I'm only here now. Like I'm not in tomorrow yet. I'm not in next week yet. And between this moment and those future moments, there is all kinds of possibility that can happen that has nothing to do with what I'm going to do. And so it's, it's so important to the whole be here now thing becomes really essential. I think when you're navigating this, everything has changed territory um, to touch in on not just what you anticipate your needs will be, might be at that point. And oftentimes finances are one of those questions. Um, relationships or a state of your heart. You know, if there's been a, a tremendous shift in, in your connections, whether the loss of a loved one or loss of a relationship or whatever else it might look like. And um, other things relating to security or identity. And so being in the present, it's like, okay, so what parts of me do I know? Like, it's like a remembering in that moment, being here. Yeah, now, bring all the parts of me back together. Yeah, yeah, through that cup of tea, let the cup of tea course through the system. I love that. It's such a good ritual. I appreciate that from my British heritage. Yeah, and for somebody else, it might be something else. It might exactly. be, you know, they yep. make breakfast or they, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. But or it's something ordinary. Or, yeah, it's something ordinary. Something that you do that is a, 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 an embodiment of being at home or of a piece of routine of something. It's like a grounding. But we don't, may not necessarily think of it as being grounding for ourselves. Yeah. Doing, and so there's, a, there's a lovely book about rituals that that um, was written by Robert Fulgham, the guy the guy who wrote um, every all I need to know in life I learned in kindergarten. Right. And yes. and he 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 started asking people about rituals, and they said, "Oh, I don't have any rituals." And then when he continued the conversation with them, he found out talking about the cup of tea that there were people who set the timer on their coffee maker every night before they went to bed so that when they came down the stairs in the morning, they came down into the smell of coffee. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, that's a ritual. Yeah. It's anything that you do habitually yeah. that has meaning for you. Yeah. Or that supports you in some way, right? Because this rituals are not empty there is a function that they perform for us even right. if it's a comfort if it's a remembering a, a connecting a habit that's meant to be about um self-discipline but for positive effect whatever that looks like yeah i feel like maybe it's time we play one of our songs what do you think Okay. okay, that sounds good to me. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm looking at, so we've got, um, Luca, your recommendation for today was Jody Mitchell's Both Sides Now. Would you like to tell everybody why you picked this song? Well, I kind of like that one because it's, it's about, it's essentially about looking at your life from all the different perspectives. And it's, it's light and it's hopeful. And it was written, I think it was written in the 60s. Right. Um, but it, I think it was one of her early songs. Um, and it and it was about um, that. Uh, I mean, the '60s was a revolution. It was a cultural revolution, mm -hmm. in a way, for 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 the the Western world, anyway. Mm -hmm. And and so um, we were we were looking at everything differently, 
and and I think that we're in that place again now of having to look at everything differently. So that's and it's it's sort of light. It's folk music, so it's yeah. Joni Mitchell has a light. very gentle way about her of of, of making revolution, <laughs> making revolution, and imparting wisdom that can really yeah. shift perspective. Okay, so we'll, let's take a listen to Joni Mitchell's Both Sides Now, and we'll be back. Uh, to talk more about uh, now for something completely different when we return. Rose and flows of angel hair And ice cream castles in the air And feather canyons everywhere Looked at clouds that way But now they only block the sun They rain and they snow on everyone So many things I would have done But clouds got in my way I've looked at clouds from both sides now, from up and down, and still somehow, it's cloud illusions I recall, I really don't know clouds. Moons and dunes and fairies wheels The dizzy dancing way that you feel As every fairy tale comes through I've looked at love that way But now it's just another show and you leave them laughing when you go And if you can, don't let them know Don't give yourself away I've looked at love from both sides now From a give and take still somehow Love's illusions that I recall I really don't know love I really don't know love at all Say I love you right out loud Dreams and schemes and circus crowds I've looked at life that way All oh, but now, old friends, 
They're acting strange And they shake their heads And they tell me that I've changed Well, something's lost But something's gained In living every day I look at life from both sides now From win and lose And still somehow it's life's illusions I recall I really don't know life At all back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We just listened to Jody Mitchell's Both Sides Now. And uh, one of the things I really appreciate about that song is the, the uh, kind of the relinquishing of thinking you know everything. There's this strange scrabble we do, trying so hard to feel like we, we get everything, that we're we know everything we need to know and I think that can either increase and solidify as we enter older age, or it can go the other way where we divest ourselves of the idea that, that we're going to have it all under our wings and be an expert and all the things. And I feel like there might be much more peace in that second approach. Maybe, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, there's a line that in every loss, there's a gain. And in every gain, there's a loss of something. And um, it, it doesn't mean that it wasn't useful when it was there. It just means that we, we, can, we can let go of it now. Right. And, and in terms of aging, I think that that's, that's, that's a, a point in maybe as you get older, you, step, you might step more into, I've got to hang on to everything and I know everything now, but you might also step into that place of, we never know it all, right? Yeah. I never knew it all. I thought I knew it when I was 30. Now I know I'm no, 60. I know, I, know <laughs> I don't. Um, but, uh, but also it's, I think, a place that we go in and out of. Mm -hmm. It's that sometimes it's useful to know what you know, and other times it's useful to let go of knowing. Um, because if we don't let go of it, we can't shift into something new. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very much piggybacking on this concept, I'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that we are broadcasting from the unceded ancestral territories of the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Tsleil-Waututh, and the Coquitlam. The reason I say that, that that meets up with the point we just made is 
I was unaware of that. I was unaware that this was a concept, however many years ago. This is on my growing edge. And we offer it as part of our programming every week as a reminder of there's more going on than we may be aware. And that we can be in a place of resistance to acknowledging that there's more going on than we knew and perhaps feeling shame or guilt around that, but those are unhelpful emotions and actually going forward. And so when we're looking at our nation, which has been, um, continues to be mired in, in racism and the lasting impacts of residential schools and the stolen land and the um, unheeded needs of First Nations folks across the country and uh, indigenous folks, um, we will find more ability and more flexibility to grow and to change and to adapt and to find reconciliation if we approach it from that position of um, letting go from thinking that we know it all and being ready to learn and listen to voices that we have not heard before. And it may, in listening to those voices, it may turn our life on its side and it's disconcerting. I mean, it's pretty disorienting to actually stop and think that you live on stolen land. Like, this land was never agreed to be given. I mean, First Nations do not take a position of colonialists, which is that you own land. And so the idea of that they would be giving it to Canada, like the concept of ownership was just anathema. Um, but we certainly, we took it and said it's now ours and built upon it and created economies from it, et cetera, et cetera. <sighs> this feels like a societal example of what we're talking about today. Like instead of the personal and now for something completely different, I think as a society, we're kind of looking for that right now too. Um, one of the things that we touched on while we were uh, listening to the song, Luca and I were chatting um, with each other while we listened to Joni's song was, um, being triggered and the fact that we can get triggered when we go through something that shifts our perspective dramatically or situations outside of us shift dramatically and change things or we choose to change everything. We can choose something and still be triggered by the new choice that we took on. <laughs> oh, it's so equal <laughs> right. opportunity. It brings up the question, how do we know if we're triggered? Right? Yeah. And what I always say is that if the if your reaction to something is bigger than than the event or the thing we're reacting to would seem to require. Yeah. And um, and, and we get stuck in it, it's hard to move out of it, then we're really triggered. And and how do, how do we judge even that our reaction is bigger than the situation might require? Because sometimes we're not perceiving that. I think that's where we might see it on no. other people's faces. That looks right? normal to us. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like for us, we feel like we're responding because, because we're triggered. In essence, it's like we start interacting with either the person or the situation that caused the wound originally that's now bringing up all these emotions and these thoughts and, and defenses. So we're interacting with this memory, but we're not interacting with the person or the situation directly in front of us. But for us, so for us, it feels absolutely uh, in measure with this, you know, what our brain has done to try to protect us. But we can see it from people's faces, I think, where it's like, they kind of have this like eyes raised, like, I'm not sure why 
this person is so upset <laughs> or 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 they keep asking are you okay or are you okay like some because some we've changed and it and it doesn't seem to be a straight line and this can be frustrating because it seems like other people should be able to get why we're responding the way that we are but maybe that's supposed to be like a little flag that we can pay attention to of if other people are seriously a, a baffled by the volume of our our response or the nature of our response and maybe we we can ask uh, might we be triggered right now might I be triggered and if so well then what then what Luca what do you do if you discover you're you're triggered well it's uh I when, one of the things I notice is the uh, you always you never kind of language it's the it's the generality language when right. we get into generality language then we're probably not just dealing with the situation at hand Right. That's a good um, point. And that's neuro-linguistic programming, right? That comes from Bandler and Grinder um, and the whole NLP uh, movement about, about the language that we choose when we right. are in particular emotional states. Um, and then, then the idea that I might be triggered um, is, is about, um, is there even 1% even a half a percent of the situation that I'm in that I can own. Right. That I can own uh -huh. because then it's not just about that person out there, that situation out there that needs to change. Then it's like, do I have any kind of um, efficacy um, potency within myself? Um, that, and that gives me, a starting place, at least right. a seed of um, of what I can do next. It's when you were talked about the right. next step that I can that I can take. Um, and the other thing is about about cooling down. Like, can I? Is there any way, even if I'm embroiled in the situation in that moment, can I take a breather? Can I take a time out? Can I go to the bathroom? Can I? Right. Uh, can I can I physically get up, move myself to a different spot in the room? Uh, can I break this pattern in any way? Because right. if I can break it, I can sometimes break out of it. So it might be if I'm talking, if I just shut up for a moment, or if I if I've been talking, if I'm not talking, is there if I can't find words, is there a sound I can make? You know, sometimes do I need to go and scream into a pillow? Do yeah. I need to go outside and stamp my feet? Like, do I need to move into a different mode of expression for myself? Mm -hmm. Because that can sometimes break me out as well. Once I've broken the pattern, then I have more choices back again. But yeah. as long as I'm locked into it, I don't feel like I have any choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. I think my, my beginning point is definitely the, the finding the window to cool myself down. Um, cooling down would imply that, you know, my head's hot. It might not be hot. It might be disoriented, uh, confused. And so maybe cooling down isn't the best phrasing, but the point is I need to reorient. I need to reground. I need to recenter. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, trying to find a way to do that. And sometimes it's not something you can do right away. So then it's sort of like I have to put kind of almost like brackets in my mind where it's like I acknowledge uh, or create 
um, the boundaries around what it is. So like I've set a time limit of how long we'll be here. So I, you know, there's going to be a phone call, there's going to be an exit or some, some kind of an exit point that I might need to create for myself so that I can then work on reorienting and just kind of hold it together while I'm in the thing to get to the point of uh, and trying to do no harm while I'm in that triggered place, which is difficult at times. It's very easy to yeah. cause unintentional. One of the things I learned. Go ahead, love. One of the things that I learned really early on in my training as a therapist was, and I, that I had not known before, was that in, in a situation, I can break and um, describe, self-describe what's going on for me. I can talk about process when I'm in the middle of dealing with something tactically. Right. And I didn't know that I could talk about being angry while I was angry oh. or talk about feeling hurt when I was feeling hurt. Right. And, and so it, it allows me in a way to take a step back to be able to describe it sometimes gives me perspective on it. So if I can say to somebody, I'm too angry to talk to you right now. I'm going to take five minutes and go for a walk. I am coming back, but, but I need to, I need to regroup. Yeah. That's talking about process. That's not saying you are doing anything or I am doing anything. It's not talking about fault. It's not talking about content. It's talking about what do I need to say about this situation and even if it's to say, I don't know what to do with this, I'm feeling at a complete loss, I need to go and regroup. Yeah. 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 And sometimes people will argue with that, but this is where we have the rights to declare these things for ourselves, whatever our processing space. What we can't demand is that other people uh, perform a certain task mm -hmm. or something for us. Oh. So, you know, make them do anything. Yeah. So it's like, I can have my needs are valid. My needs are uh, uh, valid to be attended to. But yeah. while I'm seeking to attend my needs, I cannot require uh, this person here to do a certain thing for me to reach my needs. Because yeah. that would re sometimes, re you know, imply that I would override their own um, whatever they're doing to take care of their needs. So we can ask for what we need. Yeah. We can't yeah require a certain person do a certain thing or a certain time yeah. or something like that. Yeah. That means and we I'm responsible for taking care of myself. Right. Right. And, and sometimes I mean, one of my positions that I go into when I'm traumatized is I freeze. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel I, there's not a thought in my head. I, I, um, I don't know what to do. I don't right. know what to say. I, I, I lose, I lose track of myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so sometimes the only thing I can do then is say, I need to take a break. Yeah. Um, but everybody reacts differently. Some people leave, they storm out and slam the door. And, and so they've broken the connection without, without indicating any kind of reason or respect for the other person or, right. you know, belief that anything's possible. And sometimes that's all we can do, right? Like maybe, maybe you know that you're safest if you leave. Right. Right. And you have to be able to do it. 
right? Yeah. Um, but if you know that your fallback position is to storm out and that doesn't always serve you, then maybe thinking about it when you're not all triggered will give you an option that you can fall back on if you ever right. get triggered. So basically creating an evacuation plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Self-evacuation. Yeah. <laughs> what does your yeah. parachute look like? So for me, it's letting myself go to the bathroom. Not because I need to pee, but because it's a room I can go into and lock the door. <laughs> yes, it's true. Right? It's, I can take a breather. I can run my hands under some water and I can regroup. Right. That's a, yes, very good point. That's one and of And I haven't left. Yeah. I've left, but I haven't left. Yeah. Right? yeah, you can check in with your guides. You can check in with your yeah. intuition. Yeah. And for some people, it's like they don't even check in with their guides and their intuition. They just need to yeah. get out of that situation. Sometimes they need to feel safe. Sometimes they need to protect the other person from themselves, right? Yeah. If you know that you lash out physically, then you might want to take yourself somewhere where you can't hurt anybody. Yes. This is still responsible behavior, even if you're yeah. not able communicate your intentions but a good practice in remembering that we are still connected to each other even if we're not necessarily feeling a lot of respect for other people that we might be yeah. impacting in any moment or desire to cater to them or what have you is still to at least sort of it's a, it's like a courtesy of uh here's what you can expect from me whenever we're able to communicate that um yeah we you know yeah um i feel like it's time for our next song so yes. uh, this one was my choice for today. I was trying to think, okay, what's, what is changing it up a lot? What's got lots of energy? What's describing big shifts? And for some reason, Les, Mis Les Miserables, the song One Day More came to mind. So we're going to play this. And the reason behind that is this song has so much of that like um, built up, pent up, energy need for change need for the big shift and it's like all these different voices coming in to describe their fear about the fact that everything's going to change their anticipation for the fact that everything's going to change they can feel it coming in and so this is where it's just one more day we are when we get to the other side of this next day it's all going to be different and that's going to be a whole other raft of complications but we need something to change and well, this is about the revolution, right? Yeah. It's and and that feeling just before a revolution, yeah, is often feels untenable. Yeah, it's like the storm that's just hanging there, and you can feel that change in the atmosphere. But until that rain starts to fall, it's an almost unbearable tension. Oh, what's, what's it's like a hanging. Like everything's gone into like a slow motion. All right, well, let's like take a listen to Les Mis's One Day More, and we'll be back to uh, um, draw our conclusions for today about, um, and now for something completely different. One day more. Another day, another destiny This never-ending road to Calvary These men who seem to know my crime Will surely come a second time One day I more I did not live until 
today How can I live when we are parted One day more Tomorrow you'll be worlds away And yet with you my world has started Back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We just listened to uh, the soundtrack from Les Mis and the song One Day More. I'm st- I was pretending to like wave a flag around. And <laughs> I can't not sing to that. It's so, it, up, it reaches to that part of me that is the cry out to the universe for change the things. <laughs> Well, it's so interesting the times that we're living in right now. And I was thinking about this idea of illusions, that once you've seen something new, you can't unsee it again. And once we've come through a revolution, whether it's a little personal revolution, 
in terms of how we're seeing a situation or whether it's a, a whole culture that has a revolution like the French Revolution was and the Russian Revolution and the American Revolution and all of these, um, then, then we look back at it and we think, well, how could, how could we not have seen that before? Yeah. Right? But you can't see it until you can see it. Right. And once you can see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. Um, so we're, we will get to that place. Um, yeah. and, and so all the things that we're practicing right now in terms of our personal experience, um, I think all feed into the experience of our culture and our community, uh, our, our global community as well. Yeah. That this is, this, this is a different way of, of looking at ourselves and others and um, of, of the expectations that we have in the world and the illusions that we have carried for, for some, some of them millennia yeah. um, that, that will now change. Um, and I, and I was thinking, Thinking about the, the the stage production of this, which I saw in in Boston, and the set design was brilliant because all the pieces in the set converted into other pieces. They would they were on right. wheels and they would turn yeah. on their sides and they would become. They were it was an amazing set design, and also the lighting on the floor looked like it was coming through from the grid work in the street above. Right. Yeah. So you got, really had the sensation of being in the underground of, of Paris at that time. And it was all an illusion, right? So things can look like one thing and actually be another thing, depending on how we're looking at it. And this is so, why we have to be ready to see things from different perspectives. Exactly. This is a muscle that we're training to yeah. be able to look at something from another perspective and let something go in order to entertain a new idea, even if we haven't fully embraced it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that a heady thought? <laughs> yeah. Heavy, but also full of possibility. It's, it's like when you garden, um, when something reaches its seeding point, or the harvest point, etc. And what does it look like when you're switching um, from one plant to another or different seasons and the whole cycles? And you can't have, you know, not everything comes through at the same time and one thing is dependent on another thing. And there's, when we let something go, when we pull it out, we pull the roots out and we allow, maybe we till it back into the soil, right? And we're allowing a new growth. We're allowing something new to emerge or to grow something else there. You know, what, do you remember when we were training as coaches? And I think I've, I might have referred to this before on one of, one of our shows where um, there was the exercise of everybody picking up their, their glass and, oh, yeah. and asking, okay, so who's in control, you or the glass, your hand or the glass? And everybody's like, me, my hand, what are you talking about? Of course, the glass isn't in control. And then, you know, the, the invitation is, okay, we'll do something else with your hand. And of course, you, you can't unless you put down the glass first. And so once you're, once that space is occupied, that is, that is requiring a certain engagement and action. It's only when you put it down, then you have autonomous choice again. Okay, well, I can choose to pick it up again if I want to, or I could choose to use my hand for something else. And I think so many times we feel we're in control, but these um, elements of our life that are 
you know, we've taken them from granted, like the glass in our hand, it's just the stuff, you know, it's like, well, I can choose other than that, but we can't until we put it down. And so this yes. is where the letting go piece becomes so important. You can let yeah. something go, you can choose to pick it up again. Maybe this is an important piece of the letting go that we need to acknowledge, is that by letting go, we, it does not preclude us ever choosing that again. I mean, there may be some situations where it does. So maybe that's too broad of a statement. But maybe we should challenge our thinking around that. I refuse to let this go because what does that mean? I could never, you know, I'm letting, I'm failing, I'm, I'm dismissing something, I'm cutting a connection. Well, maybe there is just a time for that. Maybe it's asking for that right now. And you can choose to put your, your efforts, your energy, your attention in other areas. But you may, it may circle around again. There may be a time to pick it up again. But unless you fully let it go, you won't have the chance to really try anything new or to see what, is, what, is, what other opportunities are available. And that's scary. Well, it, and there was another musical called Stomp. And all the instruments were ordinary things like brooms and garbage cans and uh, newspapers. And, and they were all used as percussion instruments. Mm -hmm. um, and so when is a broom not a broom? It's <laughs> a musical instrument, right? right? Because we can repurpose anything, but we have to look at it differently. Well, we have just about used our time up for today. This was great. I wonder, I mean, our, our catchphrase that we finished with feels like the ultimate invitation for the, uh, now for something completely different. So until next As week. We wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahallux.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, ah, 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 happy, 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 boing, 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 bo